Good morning. It is Monday, March 9th, 8.12 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. It was a, a great week, actually. Got a ton of stuff done. There's some good news in the mission, which I'll share with you. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry about that. I just had to stretch. <laughs> like right now, had to stretch. Um, so yeah, things are moving right, right along. And I did get some uh, pretty cool affirmations from my spirit guides. Uh, and there's two... There's two that I'm going to share with you, which I feel really resonated with me. So I, I hope that, that they resonate with you. Um, one of the things that I struggle with just because I do the whole, my whole business by myself is just the isolation and, you know, just sometimes getting FOMO because I have so much work to do, but I have to stay in and finish it and deadlines, yada, yada, yada. Um, but now people are having a sense of uh, uh, like an over, there's like an overlapping sense of like fear and isolation in our collective consciousness because of the virus COVID-19. And so, um, People are taking precautions everywhere you go. Um, some of them may be effective, some of them maybe not. That might include hoarding toilet paper <laughs> or um, covering with a, a mask, et cetera, et cetera. And then some people straight up quarantining themselves. So one of the things that came to me, um, which is an affirmation, which has really been helping me... Um, when I start to feel isolation and anxiety, it, it's this. And it's real simple. I have a deep connection to those who share my vibration. I have a deep connection to those who share my vibration. And it just gave me so much grounding and so much peace so wherever you're at in your life if you're feeling isolated if you're feeling overwhelmed and scared by you know possible quarantining just remember that remember that deep connection to those who who share your vibration and it really kind of also helped elevate that vibration too so that that felt really good and then the the second one is I am a force field of creativity I am a force field of creativity and this is really good for when I'm looking for inspiration which is always and for when I need to keep going on a project or come up with a solution, which happens all the time. I am a force field of creativity. So 
I feel really grateful. And I, I know that they're straight from my spirit guides because <laughs> I didn't think of that on my own. If I had, I wouldn't have been suffering from fear of the unknown, anxiety, and isolation. So I hope that is of help to you guys and you can apply that in some way. Anyway, um, good news in the mission. Laura Campos, the woman who I told you about a couple weeks ago, um, an update. She had made a mural 10 years ago of an alien in a Nopales field. It's at the corner of 24th and Cap. And her, um, there were these people from an unauthorized weed company. And they made a mural over it of this ugly turtle called turtle pie and then they did it at night they weren't authorized to do it and um they covered over her mural and then when she tried to confront them about it they got violent with her and um she pretty much had you know didn't know what she was gonna do but things have turned around uh she has a gofundme now so look for laura campos uh mural on gofundme and they have, she has a $5,000 goal because it costs about that much to make the mural. Also, with the time that it takes for her to take off work to do that. Um, but yeah, she was out there this weekend just painting. She's got the primer coat and she's uh, got the little sketches going, the outline. So she's recreating the exact mural. I felt really happy to see her out there doing that and really I, I admire her tenacity to just keep on trucking that is some dedication and she didn't let the situation consume her or get her down as frustrating and and uh, disheartening as that was so yeah that's that's a really good news um and then here's some funky news of the mission. Um, so a lot of you guys have know about tartine. Um, you've probably eaten a morning bun or croissant from there or walked away when you've seen the long line. Um, it's been in the neighborhood since 2002. It was founded by Elizabeth Pruitt and Chad Robertson. Recently... I think, I think in the last couple months, uh, the workers of Tartine have moved to, have taken the final steps to form a union with the ILW. Uh, they are a chapter six, Bread and Roses. And this, in this past week, there have been several very strong union-busting um, meetings. They hired a firm, Lupe Cruz and Associates, who have represented clients such as Whole Foods and Donald Trump with the Trump Hotels. They've also hired a crisis management service, uh, a local a crisis management service, which handled the tiger mauling at the San Francisco Zoo when a tiger ate a little boy. Same company. The reason why the Tartine workers are unionizing is because even though they make minimum wage, 
which even though the minimum wage is higher than most cities, the cost of living here is so high that most of them, most of the workers can't even afford to live in the city and they're struggling to make ends meet. They can't save any money. There's people with kids that are making minimum wage. And yes, they do get tips, but it's obviously not enough to live on. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying to unionize. Um, and then they they have, you know, if you've ever worked in a restaurant, it's really long hours. Things are pretty unregulated across the board. I think restaurants are pretty, they're like giant dysfunctional families at best. Um, at worst, like on the like, worst level of it it's like you're just a cog in a wheel in a in a weird factory um it's it is pretty rare for restaurants to unionize but it doesn't mean that it's impossible and that it shouldn't be done so there's and i think that it definitely should be done i'm all for the rights of the of the workers and San Francisco is a union town and they do have valid reasons to join the union or to start a union um, because starting one isn't easy. It's taken about a year from the ground up to do this. Uh, the owners have issued a letter saying that even Elizabeth Pruitt, the owner, one of the owners, has said even though she's pro-union, she does not condone a union for her business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she, she mentions in the letter how their profit margin's very thin and how they struggle to make a profit. We all do, honey. We all do. But here's a couple things that you, maybe you shouldn't have done. Okay, Miss Pruitt and your husband, Robertson. Here's one thing that you guys maybe shouldn't have done. Maybe not opened that giant food museum in LA and closed it after nine months, sending people home two weeks before Christmas without notice. That's one thing y'all shouldn't have done. Y'all shouldn't have even opened that in the first place. Okay. Um, because it's, food that doesn't really stand out in LA. LA is a food mecca. You guys needed to have something jazzy. Okay. And even though the food, your food is delicious, it was not enough to compete on that scale in that context of that space in that neighborhood. Okay. So there's that. Also, it's, it's real, it looks real bad when you invest in things such as robotic anim automation baking in your larger you know in your lar in your larger compounds which it's great to do that but then say that you're not going to be able to pay those workers saving up for more robots it's a real bad look even though that sounds reductive it boils down to this this is what your optics are right now this is what the public sees and this is the conclusion that they make from it Another thing is it costs a lot of money to hire these crisis management firms and union busting groups. So maybe save yourself that money and give it to the employees. Okay? 
you have investors, you say you have investors that bring, you know, that have the major hand in the dough at, in Korea and in other and in the other countries where you have the tartine and in the other places. That's fine and dandy, but we know you're doing it for the money. Not for the love of bread, but the love of dough. So please, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what? I have known a lot of Tartine employees over the years because I live in the city. I live six blocks away from the place. I don't go there very often because Erismendi's closer. And when I eat a lot of pastries and stuff, you know what happens. Go straight to the butt. Um, and a lot of them, they they are overworked. They will work you over there. And that's just the restaurant business in general. And so a lot of people just accept it and put up with it. One thing though, the the pastry chefs too, apart from, apart from the front of house workers, the pastry chefs, they make minimum wage too. They're the ones that are actually making, making the bread. Now, if you're, obviously, if you are the owner of the business and that's your brand that you've created, you deserve to make more money. I'm not saying that they should make the same amount as as the owners, but they should be able to make a living wage so they're not, so the resentful drudgery is not going into every motion of when they bake the bread. Might as well just replace everything with robots then. Because when you cook and when you, especially when you bake, because it takes a lot of, um, it's very physical. When you bake, you're putting a lot of your muscle, you're putting all of your muscle memory into it. And your body holds everything. It holds the good times, the bad times, the trauma, and you're putting that into the bread. So if you're disgruntled and you're discouraged and unhappy, that's going into the bread because your hands are, you know, those, those, that's kind of like where your energy comes out, where your energy pours out. So that may sound a little cockamamie, but until you've had to bake bread for a living, you know what I mean, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I really think that this union will pull through. There's a, an increased momentum with an increased amount of unions successfully forming. And I'm glad that they have seized the brass ring on this. Uh, one of the other things that have been happening is, uh, ugh, part of my inarticulation, I haven't had coffee yet. Um, is that the Tartine owners have been holding these mandatory meetings where everyone must attend and they're all day long and they're, they're these long union busting meetings, but they're separating the Spanish speaking workers into groups without neutral witnesses. So they're, they're isolating and not giving them the same access to information and also spreading confusion in, in both groups about union dues. So there's that. It's pretty common for for businesses to resist unionizing. Uh, 
I'm reading the statistics, it's about 70 to 80% of businesses will do this, will resist union. Um, but resistance doesn't mean that it's make it that it's impossible. I feel like these people are disgruntled. The the owners are so out of touch with their employees, they don't realize the disgruntlement of it. I've got one more little bit of juicy tea, okay? And this is something, this is information that's available to everybody. Just got to put the pieces together. Apparently, Liz Pruitt said that she lives in a two-bedroom dump. Mm. And you know what? Two bedrooms is two bedrooms. And living space is at a premium here. So first of all, that doesn't equate. This doesn't compute. Maybe they're not Maybe they're not as wealthy as, say, Barbara Streisand or any of their, you know, what is it, Wolfgang Puck or something like that. But they're doing pretty good for themselves. That two-bedroom dump has been featured in remodeling magazines, and they've been interviewed extensively in the media in different platforms about their home and its beauty. So let's just not act like let's not try to be relatable by, you know, comparing your dump, quote, dump housing to the housing that most of the people live in, which have most of the people in that are working at Tartine have to have roommates. Okay. And I'm not talking just one, one nice little roommate. I'm talking more than four roommates. And that's not even if they're, that's not even living in SF. A lot of them live in the East Bay too and have to commute so yeah there's that Um, a couple people get rent control and they're lucky for that but yeah that's another thing that's another layer of this of this cake anyway I think hopefully you can glean some useful information from that Um, oh man the other thing I did is I went and saw Emma and I want to recommend it to those of you who love costume pieces. Um, The costumes were designed by Alexandra Byrne, who also designed the costumes for Hamlet, for which she won an Oscar nomination for. It's directed by Autumn DeWilde. This is her directorial debut, but she's done a lot of videos for uh, fashion houses such as Prada, and she's taken a lot of photos of rock musicians such as Beck. I I can't stand Beck actually so whatever but she took his picture. Um, And then the darling of the period piece Anna Taylor J played Emma. She was she starred in The Witch she starred in the masterpiece series The Miniaturist and there's a few others, but yeah, she's great as Emma. She she blows Gwyneth out of the water as Emma. Um, but yeah, the the fabrics and the settings, it was so beautiful. Uh, they did they were very very true to the the textiles of that era. Um, it was it was subtly funny. 
they also I forget her name I know I I love that show Call the Midwife Chummy from Call the Midwife the one who's really tall and big um she's like six foot tall or something maybe taller um large bones the the woman who plays Chummy who I love her she was in this too and kills it um but one of my favorite things that they had in the movie was the soundtrack. And here's, even though it was one of my favorite things in the movie, I don't know if it quite fit all the time. I don't think it was as evocative as other elements of the film, but it has one of my favorite vocalists doing the soundtrack, Maddie Pryor from Steel Eye Span. So, um, Steel Ice Band is like a early 70s electrified folk band. Um, has members of Fairport Convention in it. Um, but she has this really creepy kind of bewitched voice that's very old English and it's it's haunting and it's also extremely creepy like it's like the kind of creepy like let me suckle my let let, wait, wait, let, let, let my my 10 year old babe suckle my breast but once more kind of voice like a wet nurse type voice I guess um I could go on so they had some songs from Steely Span and then they had her her carnival band and then they had a carnival band was a band that she formed after steel eyes span and they sing a lot of hymns and jigs two of my favorites and then they had a couple songs with her side projects silly sisters which is her and other folk singer june tabor um and they have these great kind of um, dissonant harmonies but yeah, those those are featured in the more pastoral scenes of the film. Uh, her, I forget the name of the actor who plays the the man that the Emma, uh, you know, eventually falls for. Um, but he was hot. He was hot. He looked like he probably plays. He's like on the golf team at high school, which I know that doesn't sound like much, but. I find the like those type of guys, you know, um, either golf or possibly like um, like a volleyball type guy, you know. He was cute, um, kind of like a stoner jock, if that makes sense. And then this other guy was not very cute, and I, even though I loved all the costumes, I thought that they made his trousers too loose. And it was not because I wanted to see more of his, you know, what he was packing, but more just because the the hang of the fabric made it look like he was wearing some worn out jeggings. Um, but, but, you know, kudos for all the other costumes. So yeah, that was a delightful film to see in the afternoon. There were only 10 people in the theater, which was great. So yeah, go see Emma if you just want a lovely visual treat that is that is funny and mildly stimulating to the mind 
So yeah, I've got a ton of stuff to do already. I'm gonna go have coffee with Kirsty at 11. I got shipping as usual. Gotta take some photos, probably go thrifting at some point. Hope y'all have a great day. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.